0: Hello everyone, my name is Tyler Selhorn and welcome to another episode of The Remote Show where we discuss everything to do with remote work with the people who know it best. Thanks so much for listening. The Remote Show is brought to you by WeWork Remotely, the largest community of remote workers in the world. With over 220,000 unique users per month, WeWork Remotely is the most effective way to hire. Today we are blessed to be learning out loud with Shelby Wolpa. Shelby has been a people leader at four companies that have scaled to unicorn plus status where she built and led the people strategy through hypergrowth. Shelby now advises CEOs, people leaders, and venture capital firms to bring those learnings to companies around the world as they transition to distributed people-first cultures. Shelby partners with Series A to C companies as an advisor during stages of high growth. She specializes in helping companies build a strong people operations foundation, create top-notch employee experiences, avoid expensive mistakes, and plan for the future. Shelby, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm so curious to hear what you, you know, say to those CEOs and people leaders and and venture capital firms that are looking to learn from you, too, of of your experiences of helping teams grow through hyper growth. Tell us, what have you learned?
1: Hi, Tyler. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Oh, my goodness. I've learned so much. And I think that's, you know, why I wanted to start this consulting business in the first place was that. As an operator for all those years, made, I made so many mistakes. I had to learn so much. There was a steep learning curve for every new people program or new challenge we were trying to take on as a people team. And my mission now is to help as many companies as I can to move more quickly, learn from my mistakes and you know, skip a bunch of steps to build, build things right the first time.
0: Really great. Okay, so tell us what are some of those steps that you've given us the shortcut on? You know, you, we, we'd love to learn from from those things that you've you've picked up along the way.
1: Yeah. So as you shared in my bio, I've really honed in on this inflection point that companies get to when they're around fifty to one hundred and fifty employees. So that's typically you know Series A and Series B companies that. What's gotten them to 50 to 100 employees is not what's going to get them to the next stage. And what starts to unravel are your systems, your processes, your programs that all need to be leveled up and matured. But often, you know, those early startup employees they may not have seen that stage of growth before. So it's a big unknown world. What gives me a lot of fulfillment and where I bring a lot of value to my clients is laying out the vision, laying out the roadmap of what's to come, anticipating what's going to break and you know, aligning with the team on a plan to you know, hopefully avoid those mistakes. Again, like moving quickly, bringing in the right tools for their size and stage and their culture and building great employee programs.
0: Okay. So give us the compare and contrast. You know, let's imagine you're talking to a global remote first company that's like you know, in that like, like 40 to 50 employee count and, and they're, you know, you know, getting some of the, the product things kind of nailed down, but you know, they really haven't paid attention to the, the people programs that they need for, for the next stage of growth. Give us that, that compare and contrast of things that maybe was fine before and now has to get updated real fast or else things are going to break in, in, in ways that we don't want for our companies.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there, there's an endless list, but I will consolidate the list into three big categories. And it's kind of where I start with all of my clients. So the three big categories for me in the people and talent function are your recruiting engine, your people operations, which are your, your systems, your compensation and benefits. And then the third category is people experience. So things like career development, performance feedback, DE&I. And you can imagine in each one of those three big categories, many things can break or just not scale with how you've done it, getting yourself to that 40-40 employee mark. So focusing on the recruiting side, we need to make sure that you have really strong recruiting muscles in your organization, that you have an applicant tracking system that's going to scale with your organization, that hiring managers are trained on a consistent and equitable recruiting process, and that the candidate experience is really strong so that all this effort going into recruiting is going to lead to high talent and high retention. Then on the next bucket, the people operations bucket, you likely have some systems and processes that were working for you, but again, aren't going to scale with you for the next hundred employees that you wanna bring on. Or you've been doing compensation in a loosey-goosey kind of way, or just kind of, what is this person paid? Let's pay them a little bit more or a little bit less than that person as we compare the two. And that's also not a, a scalable way to think about systems and total compensation. So um, you
0: you're telling us that Lucy Goosey isn't scalable. <laughs> <laughs> that's hard, right. Hard agree. Hard that's agree. Right. So, sorry, yeah. sorry for that interruption. But Lucy <laughs> Goosey <it> deser- is <laughs> it, it, des- it, des- it deserves that 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 you know, call out.
1: Yeah. And then what I find around the 100 employee mark is that that's when companies need to start maturing their programs around talent development and talent performance. So usually companies don't have any kind of formal performance reviews or performance feedback processes. So I'm often bringing those into organizations for the very first time, taking the entire organization through like 360 reviews or manager feedback. And what comes hand in hand with that is that you now have a manager layer within your organization that you didn't have before. Usually around 40 people, everyone may report into the founders or maybe two to three people. And as you scale, you're going to have middle management and more management layers. And those people may not have the skills to be great managers, especially in globally distributed companies. So I find, and I mostly work with globally distributed companies that are either fully remote or hybrid remote, and your managers, you know, need to have superpowers to effectively manage their distributed teams. You know, when we're in an office, managers could walk around, feel the mood, feel the vibe, and, you know, figure out how to course correct, but in a virtual environment, that's much harder to do and see. And so managers need to, you know, build those skills to lean into seeing how their teams are doing, not avoiding difficult conversations, leading inclusively, you know, these things, these skills that are core to all managers just become even more important.
0: Wow. (laughs) Thank you for that knowledge. Drop one, one kind of through line to, to each of those stages there. I heard you talking about managers and I heard you talking about training managers and I heard you talking about managers having superpowers. (laughs) I think that is an interesting kind of common thing. That's in all of those buckets you described. Tell us what, what do middle managers need? To be successful managing recruiting pipelines and and being a part of you know updating people operations and delivering on an effective and and enjoyable people experience teach us sensei we are ready to learn the lessons of of what middle managers need to to pick up to be successful yes
1: oh my gosh well I will first say that it's one of the top priorities, you know, around budget that I usually put on the list with my clients that, you know, we have a budget and it's also typically something that I will outsource that there are phenomenal vendors out there that will teach managers these core skills that they need that often take companies much longer and many more resources to build inside the company. But yeah, you're you're right. I mentioned hiring managers, I mentioned like partnership with people operations and compensation and benefit strategy, and then just you know building high-performing teams. So I think we've always known this. Like this is not a new thing that those first-line managers have like the biggest impact on team and employee engagement. The pandemic and you know companies moving to remote has just exacerbated the role of the manager. So for me you know, when companies are looking at their budget for the year, even in these, you know, tougher economic times, I firmly believe that budget should be reallocated if there hasn't historically been a budget for manager development and manager coaching, that those dollars would be much better spent in that area.
0: Okay. I'm hearing you say, not just it's important, right? I'm hearing you say, It's important to the level that you need to be putting it into the budget. And I think that's such an interesting kind of disconnect between some, you know, know, people that we've, we've talked to before and and that you are advising companies around, I mean, maybe this was implicit from other folks that we've talked to, but you're making it explicit. You're saying out loud, Hey, what are you doing with your money? Right. (laughs) Are you, are you doing the things that are necessary for people to be successful I'm hearing this back up to like, have we taught managers how to do this well? Right. And I think that's an interesting, you know, just theme of, of, you know, management generally right now is I'm hearing people thinking, okay, we want to become more efficient. We want to be, you know, have a stronger team culture. We want to have, you know, shorter airing cycles with, with, with higher performing individuals, right. But what are the systems? that create those outcomes. And and I think one of those things is actually investing time and energy into like learning how to do that. Not just saying, hey, let's do it, but also saying what are the, what are the components of that to, to become the best we can be? You you said there's there's vendors. I'm not asking you to to name drop for us, but when you're looking to evaluate, you know, good learning and development stuff uh, materials for for managers What do you look for? What, what is, what is it that you seek from, from those vendors to say, this is, these are the components of, of a, of a good, uh, you know, distributed leader management course. Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Well, and I do also want to just state some more facts that, and this was pre-pandemic and post-pandemic, that first line managers have historically been the least engaged population in an organization. So for years, I've run engagement surveys and broken down the data between individual contributors, managers, and leadership, and managers would always be in the red. You know, the reason for that is they're on the front lines dealing with employees and their needs and worries and complaints, but they don't really have the autonomy and the power to change, (laughs) to make changes. And so they're just stuck in the middle and it can be a challenging place to be. So giving them tools, giving them resources, you know, just kind of taking a, I will answer your question, I promise, but just taking a step back to kind of the role of the people team with managers is we try to remove all friction from their lives. So, we I worked really hard on creating manager guidebooks, manager is procedures that were all self-service to them. So, if they were curious, you know, how how do compensation changes work at this company how do i promote someone what learning and development budgets do i have like we tried to be really explicit about all the programs and all the tools they had in their toolkit so that as they were you know receiving problems from their employees or wanting to work on development plans or coaching they knew they knew what tools they had available so i think that's really important is people teams being really clear in documenting what, like all the resources that managers have available to them. But back to your question about manager development and manager training, what do I look for? Is now, you know, the the old model was that you would pay a lot of money to fly people to a city for two days to do an intensive workshop. And that would be fun and that would be great, but very expensive. And then there was no follow through, no like program plan to put those skills to use or track, track before, during, and after improvement. And so for me, the newer model is virtual first. So, you know, leaders can all join regardless of their location virtually, but that it's still a live kind of cohort-based model is my preferred way to go. So you're you're with a cohort, you're with a group, you've committed to, you know, a 4 to 6 week chunk of learning, but before, during and after there is tracking and there is transparency and accountability on what what you're wanting to work on before you come into this course, you know, what you're learning during the course and then assessing progress, you know, over up to like a year period after the class. And so I don't mind name dropping. One of my go-to favorites is a company called Hone and this is their model. They do virtual cohort-based learning. They have various programs from like Manager 101, 201, 301. They have a kind of a director plus program since people in a leadership position have even different skills that they need to learn. And I've just found it to be very effective for my global remote clients that they it's all tech enabled. So there's tracking and again, there's goal setting, there's measurement, and they're learning together as a group. Some of the kind of core classes and core skills that I think remote managers need are managing effective one-on-ones. It's surprising, but you know, that's, it's a core skill that you need to learn on how to run effective one-on-ones. I mentioned this earlier, but I think being comfortable and confident with difficult conversations and, and giving, giving and receiving feedback, those are two key areas. And then for me, the final one is leading inclusively. You know, we're, we're all, many companies have a goal of building diverse and inclusive teams, but managers don't have the skills to manage those diverse teams effectively so that people really feel a sense of belonging and that they can, you know, bring more of themselves to their job and and thrive. So there are skills managers must learn
0: to actually create that environment on their teams. Well, shout out to Hone. Not a sponsor, but could be. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> hit us up. And, and you know, of course, we, you know, managers do need to learn how to have effective one-on-one meetings with their direct reports. They, they need to be able to manage with those people and, and how to, you know, be able to to manage, you know, people that are not like them, right? And and how to recruit those people as well. So, Thanks for going deep on on the manager stuff. We really appreciate that idea. One of my very favorite questions to ask of folks that are coming on, especially with those those folks that are those 2019 remoters, Shelby. I know that you get you've been do, doing you know all kinds of different you know companies and you know people leadership, and now now you're focusing on on distributed working styles. I'm curious, how do you see you know th- this problem of 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 people operations this 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 market that you have zeroed in on that that fifty to one hundred fifty or fifty to five hundred you know cohort of people give us a, a sense of what those kinds of companies were you know in the the before times right before the pandemic and then you know kind of what what happened to them while while we were you know in lockdowns or mostly not coming to any offices at all and then. What is it like from you know to just to timestamp this conversation? We're talking you know in in you know Q one Q two of, of twenty twenty three. I'm curious what, what what's going to happen from now and, and and going forward? Do you think? Give it give us the compare and contrast between those those moments in time. Yeah, sure,
1: sure. So pre COVID, I was working at one of the. Few global fully remote companies that had scaled. So I was working at a company called Envision, and so I was one of the few in the world who had opted in, volunteered to say, "I want to work this way. I want Fellow to." All
0: weirdo, right? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, exactly. Let's let's do yes. this.
1: Yes, but you know, it really spoke to my personality. And I also just always try to be on the cutting edge of what's happening. And so I thought, Oh, what an opportunity to, to be a VP at a hyper growth, fully remote company, this is a dream. So we were figuring it out. And I was maybe one of five people leaders at the time, and we all became friends. And we're just sharing notes and trying to figure it out together. Then the pandemic happened and the whole world went remote. And we all, (laughs) many of us remember this time very clearly that it was panic. You know, companies who had been ingrained in fully office cultures were forced to go remote and no one had this, like, you know, the majority of the world did not have the skills and the tools and the knowledge of how to do that. So what we found for the first couple years was that the majority of companies just tried to replicate their in-office practices remotely so you know maybe they set up teams or zoom but little more changed than than that and and so you know with me starting my consulting company i was trying to scream from the rooftops you know that that's not enough you can't just you know, copy paste what you were doing in the office and expect that to be successful in a fully remote environment. Because as COVID went on and companies started saying, oh, well, you know, we've been doing, we've been working this way for a while, we're going to, you know, continue to be fully remote. Some chose that decision for the right reasons, and some chose it for the wrong reasons. And I tried to work with as many companies that were going at it for the right reasons that said, that understood that to be successful long-term as virtual first companies, that you had to completely reimagine your, your ways of working, your tool stack that you use to be effective, the trainings that you give your employees and the resources, you know, redesigning your compensation strategy, your benefits and perks. You know, it's a, for me, it was like a full overhaul of your, your strategy. And so that's been my main focus these last three years with my company is trying to help as many companies as I can um, do it the right way, in my opinion. And and what I found now is kind of just, just kind of come full circle on your question, Tyler, is that there's a lot like so, so many companies now have said, we're gonna give this a go. But that doesn't mean that they've done it in the right way to set themselves up for success. And so, you know, I've been predicting for a while that, you know, many companies are going to, at some point, you know, claim remote work has failed, you know, that this was a failed experiment, but those aren't, those are the companies that like really didn't put in the work up front to, to try to set themselves up for
0: success. Well, Shelby, I appreciate you taking us on that journey from being an early adopter with Envision and and the other companies that were, you know, trying to do this before it was cool, right? And and also for helping, you know, scream from the rooftops during the, those panicking moments, right? To to say no, 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 don't copy and paste. Let's let's do this for the right reasons. Let's reimagine our strategy and and let's give it a go. But let's do it for the do it the right way, as you describe, right? And when you think, I mean, obviously you're very focused on, on the, the people operations and recruiting and people experience side of things. But when you think of, of, you know, the touchstones of the right way, but maybe let's close with, with you kind of giving us a vision for what would be the, the opposite of those people saying that remote has failed. Give us, give us the remote is real remote is the best remote has succeeded how how do we how do we paint that vision for our for us like what what is what is the ideal state that we're trying to build towards
1: yeah yeah so i would say that before we even get to my focus of my main focus of the people side i work with executive teams on the remote work foundation and so some of the areas we tackle first are you know what is our new culture do we need to reimagine our values to have remote in mind? What are our communication and collaboration norms? Like, meaning like, how, how are we going to do goal setting at this company? How are we going to, you know, be a feedback culture? And how are we going to measure performance when we're all working from our homes? You know, what, what tools do we need to be effective? And so to me those those foundational questions are for the executive team to decide and align on and and then from there the people team can then build programs and experiences around that. But if you jump forward just you know just to kind of the icing, you know, on the cake of people programs like a remote work stipend or you know donut chats or you know, just kind of the fun programs, you're missing the core foundation that companies and people need to feel secure
0: and for, you know, businesses to be successful in the end. Awesome. I I thank you for that invitation to return to first principles, to return to our values, to return to things as basic as, as communication and goal setting. Thank you so much for learning out loud with us today, Shelby. We appreciate you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Bye.